Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, I'm recording this on my phone. I'm just going to insert it at the beginning of the episode. You'll hear me talk after this about how nothing happened this week in Teen Mom. Uh, Not true. I blanked on a major fucking story. So I am about 10 hours before this gets uploaded. I am editing this in. Kiefer Delp was arrested this week for a fucking meth lab. Not for possession of heroin or even possession of meth or like possession of a drug or breaking and entering. Motherfucking Kiefer Delp had a goddamn meth lab in his apartment. Yes, the same one that we saw in the X-Files. What the fuck? First of all, thank God he was arrested before he blew up that fucking apartment building. Do you guys know how dangerous meth labs are? God, what if you found out your neighbor was cooking meth? Oh, so scary. I'm just grateful he didn't blow that up. Second of all, you know, it's sad. I feel sad for Kiefer. I don't... He deserves to be punished because, as I said, having a meth lab is extremely dangerous. Meth is extremely dangerous. You should not be manufacturing meth. But Kiefer has been addicted to hard drugs since he was a teenager, from what we can tell. And that's sad. You know, any way you split it, that's sad to me. And I feel sad for him. And I don't think Kiefer has ever known a day of peace in his adult life. Not even adult life, like puberty past how what what am I saying puberty to now I don't think he's like felt any sort of real happiness or joy and he is in prison I highly well he's in county jail I would be shocked if he was able to post bail I'm sure he'll get a pretty high bail and I don't see his mom or anyone in his family bailing him out. He has a pretty extensive criminal record, and I think Kiefer's about to go to prison for a long time. It's a sad ending for him. I mean, it's not an ending. He's like 26, but it's definitely going to be a sad chapter in his life for a long time, and I really, truly feel for him. So yeah, that's what I needed to edit in. (sighs) Big news for Kiefer. I... You know, I hope maybe he can use his time in prison to better himself. It's rare that that happens, but maybe Kiefer can be the one person to better himself. Maybe we should start a letter-writing campaign to him, you know? (laughs) Although I'm sure he'd rather us put money on his books than write him letters, but who knows? Uh, Maybe we should write him letters. Would that be crazy? Yeah, that would be crazy. All right, here's the episode that I recorded earlier. It was a slow week, but I cannot believe I forgot to talk about that. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. What a boring episode of Teen Mom we had this week. (laughs) I'm sorry, this was not a good episode. Really, not a lot happened, so I'm not sure how much Feathers in My Hair there's going to be this week. But, I don't know. I feel like this week was kind of a letdown. Sorry, not sorry. I probably should have watched an episode of 16 and Pregnant to talk about as well, but 
you know, here we are. So not much happened in the team mom world this week. Yeah. I mean, everybody's still a mess. Uh, Apparently, Kale on her podcast said that David told her to stop eating Cheetos and being so fat on her couch, which is, you know, not not a great look for David. (laughs) But it's kind of same old, same old. The update on Mackenzie McKee's mom, who I spoke about last week having stage four cancer. It's not good. She has nine masses on her brain, which is a lot. And Mackenzie McKee is embarking on a fast, a biblical fast called the Daniel Fast, which is, it's not that she doesn't eat at all. It's just a very restricted diet. And considering Mackenzie McKee's a type 1 diabetic, it just, it just does not seem great. Not at all. So let's get into the episode. I... I just really feel like I don't have a lot to say. I probably shouldn't be saying that, but, you know, I have to live in the truth. I have to live in my truth. Let's start, who should we start with? Let's start with Amber this week, because I feel like Amber definitely had, I don't know, I want to talk about Andrew. So, Amber and Caitlin as well are in MTV for the VMAs, which, like, okay, fine. I actually liked Amber's dress for the VMAs. I mean, look, liked is a strong word. Liked is definitely a strong word. I didn't necessarily like it. I think it was fine. (laughs) I think that, (laughs) I think she looked, her body looked good. She looked good, I guess. She could have done way worse. I mean, Kate's outfit was absolutely horrific, but Amber looked fine. So she's going to be making her first public appearance with Andrew, which I don't know. Is that a big deal? I feel like Amber has a little bit of an inflated self about her status. Like, I'm not sure Andrew and Amber needed a first public appearance. They could have just like started dating and then been seen together. (laughs) I'm not sure Andrew needed to be formally introduced to the masses. So Andrew is fucking weird, right? We all agree on this fact that Andrew is a weirdo. I just, I don't know. Something's not right about him. Something about him is just not right. And obviously we know that to be true because of his arrests and restraining orders and all that shit. But I don't know. His mannerisms are very bizarre to me. He gives me a creepy feeling. I don't like him. I just don't like him on camera. So, they're all getting ready, and by they all, I mean Amber, Kate, and Caitlin's friend Haley, and they seem pretty drunk, especially Caitlin's friend Haley. I'd imagine, like, going to the VMAs is pretty fucking exciting for Caitlin's friend Haley, so I can't really blame her for being, like, weird. What I think I would be excited if I was in her shoes, and my friend, who's randomly a reality TV star, invites me to fly to LA, all expenses paid. And go to the fucking VMAs and walk the red carpet. That would be fun. Um, so Andrew comes in like wearing his sunglasses, seeming fucked up. And they're like, Andrew, we hear you're from Malibu. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, is it pretty there? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty. And either Kate or Haley says like, oh, well, do you have a house there? And he's like, oh, well, you know, a family house. So Andrew is however old living with his parents, which like no hate. I 
don't live with my parents, but I potentially could be living with my parents. It's not a hate on living with your parents, but I think we're supposed to believe Andrew's like this super successful guy, and I am not buying that. So they ask him if he's been around, if he's met Leah, and he says no, and then they're like, have you been around kids? And he gives the weirdest fucking answer, and he's like, well, I'm still kind of a kid. And I'm like, what? I'm pretty sure Andrew's 30. (laughs) If a grown adult told me he was kind of still a kid, I would break up with him. I personally have no interest in dating a guy that considers himself to be like a kid. Ugh, that's so annoying to me. Apparently Matt's still texting Amber a lot and saying stuff like, well, when you're done with that guy, your husband is ready to come home. (laughs) Which I found very funny. Gary's at the VMAs too, surprise, surprise. And a reporter person asks him, about Amber's new boyfriend and if he likes Andrew and Gary's like I I don't know I don't know him I thought it was a diplomatic answer we see the gang walking the red carpet and Andrew seems into it so it's like the next day and a producer is asking Amber if the press asked about Matt and apparently Matt had sent Amber like a really crazy email the night before she thought it was a suicide note And I noticed, okay, Andrew was too involved in the breakup of Matt and Amber. Now, it's impossible, I'm assuming, for him not to be involved in the breakup of Matt and Amber because Amber and Matt literally just broke up and he's already seemingly living with her. The Ashley released an article, I think it was this week, that said Andrew is officially living in Indiana with Amber. And I'm pretty sure Andrew's been living in Indiana with Amber since he missed his flight in the last episode. I don't think he ever went back to L.A. I would be shocked. He is exactly like Matt in that way. Um, I think people are confused. Well, one, I don't think it's, like, insane that now that she's six months pregnant or whatever, he's living with her. Of course, what, they're going to rate, they're going to co-parent a child when he lives on the other side of the country? No, that's not going to happen. But I don't think... Andrew is as successful as Amber and MTV want us to believe. My guess would be that he gets gigs here and there. He gets contract work. He, you know, works as this, whatever the fuck his job was on marriage boot camp. He gets, which by the way, was like a 10 day shoot. So it wasn't a long term project. I wouldn't, I would guess he gets these like little gigs here and there And since moving to Indiana, which I'm pretty sure happened over the summer and not just recently, he probably hasn't worked at all. Why would he? Here's the thing. Amber is a lot like Janelle in that she needs a boyfriend whose full-time job is taking care of her. What, she's going to have a guy that just leaves her for weeks at a time to go work? No. Amber can't deal with that. She needs somebody to get her out of bed every day, to take care of Leah when Leah's there to drive her around to cook her all her meals or pick up all her food she Amber is like incapable of living on her own like a grown adult and she needs the help she just does she's Janelle and Amber are so similar in my opinion also either this week or last week Amber posted a picture of her Leah and Andrew laying in bed together And so, like, Leah and Andrew were next to each other. And a lot of people were outraged on the internet. Now, was I outraged on the internet? 
I mean, I'm always outraged on the internet. Being outraged on the internet should be when I die should be like the opening line of my obituary. <laughs> should probably make that my Twitter bio, bio as we speak. But I don't think the picture was like that big of a deal. But it, there are red flags. The reality is, is that predators look for vulnerable single mothers who they can have access to their children. I mean, I don't think that, I, how would I know? But obviously, I don't think that's what's happening. I don't think Andrew is a child molester predator. I mean, I hope not. But I do think people have a good point when they're like, she's been with this guy since July and he's already laying next to Leah in bed. Now, Amber is there. I don't think anything necessarily inappropriate is going on. But I did see one really good comment that kind of summed up that that behavior is like normalizing them being in bed together. I don't know. I'm like getting a little off track. But basically, there is cause for concern that it's been six months that she's known this guy. And she's already like Leah is already playing daddy with Andrew. She already has the three of them as like this family. And I guess considering she's six months pregnant or however pregnant she is, that yeah, it is. They are a family now. I don't know. I, I do think I am concerned. I'm concerned that, you know, the minute Amber gets serious with these guys, which happens the minute that she meets them, Leah is then thrown into this plain house situation. And that guy ends up taking care of Leah because, as we know, Amber cannot take care of anybody herself. But back to Matt and Amber breaking up. And I just think Andrew, like, if you guys watch Vanderpump Rules, this is very Kristen, James, and Tom Sandoval in season three. When James was, like, super into Kristen and Tom's breakup. And that's because it's so impossible to spin off of an unhealthy relationship like Matt and Amber had. And then get into a new relationship and just totally leave the Matt relationship in the past. I mean, I guess for some people they could do it. But a person like Amber cannot do it. Because in reality, Matt and Amber have nothing to talk about. And she could block his cell phone number, his email his Facebook, his Twitter. Like, she could block him across all platforms and Matt would never exist to her again. They, I guess they do share houses. I don't know. What's going on with Amber's house flipping business, guys? <laughs> we haven't heard shit about that. Remember, Amber's a professional house flipper? What's going on with that? Any Anybody got updates? But I do feel like Matt knows that Amber is not getting rid of him. And it just, I don't know, it it worries me that Andrew seems to be so in on the drama that is Matt and Amber. It seems like he's feeding into it, and I don't think that's a healthy place to be. I feel like your ex should never really be part of your breakup, or your new boyfriend, excuse me, your new boyfriend should never be part of your breakup. <laughs> Like, I understand if there's children involved, like, then the ex is going to be in your life. But there's just no reason for Andrew to be so into the Matt and Amber breakup. But that's also a little bit on Amber. She shouldn't have a new boyfriend living with her when she's still dealing with the Matt breakup. I mean, in the last week's episode, it was insane that she was crying about how upset she was that she was broken up with Matt and Andrew was visiting her slash living with her in Indiana. So, 
Andrew says that they need to do new and different things like paintballing. What the fuck was that suggestion? And Amber's like, oh, babe, you want to shoot me? I'll light your ass up. And he was like, no, we'll be on the same team. It was a very weird conversation moment. I didn't understand why we were talking about paintballing. I don't want to watch them go paintballing. I don't care to ever see anybody paintballing on Teen Mom. It very much falls into my things that happen on reality TV that don't happen in real life. I mean, I, I understand paintball, people go paintballing in real life, but Amber doesn't go paintballing. Amber would never go paintballing. So I don't care to see Amber go paintballing. <laughs> Amber goes over to Gary's house and she sees Leah and they're all running around and playing outside. And then Andrew is coming to pick Amber up because she couldn't drive there herself and just... Okay, doesn't Amber have like 16 cars? Is there a reason... That she couldn't just drive to Gary's house and visit with Gary and Leah and then drive home. Like, why would, why does Andrew drive her there, drop her off, and come and pick her up? Because if we're to understand correctly, I'm pretty sure that Amber lives 20 to 30 minutes away from Gary. Because I remember that being, like, a plot point last season. That she lived far-ish away from her, away from him and Leah. So why doesn't she just drive herself? Obviously, she hates driving. I I mean, I think that's obvious. We, she can drive. We saw her drive to Leah's school on the first day of school. But did Andrew need to drive? I love Amber's Range Rover, by the way. If I could have a car, any car that I wanted, that white Range Rover with that tan interior, ooh, ooh, I would love that. I need to get me a Lala Kent situation. <laughs> Where I have a married guy buying me Range Rovers because I love Amber's car. It's so cute. Anyways, I just, it's so weird. Amber's like, oh, I can't believe Andrew had to meet everyone. And it's like, okay, well, you could have avoided Andrew meeting anyone if you just drove yourself to Gary's house. Because you have license, you have a license and you have legs. There's no reason that you couldn't drive. It's just weird just very weird so Andrew gets out of the car and he meets Leah and Gary and Christina and they get back into the car oh there is a little scene where Gary introduces himself and then he says to Andrew like oh so you didn't watch MTV like you didn't know who I was I don't know it was a weird a weird moment I would believe that Andrew didn't watch the show I Andrew doesn't come out give me fan vibes does he give you guys fan vibes? He doesn't give me fan vibes. What he gives me is weird met her on marriage boot camp and saw how vulnerable she was vibes. I would believe that he didn't really know who she was until marriage boot camp. Then that night after he did her first confessional, he probably went home and Googled her and maybe watched some clips on Matt and Amber and realized like, oh, I could take his place. Okay, I could do that. Amber and Andrew get back into the car and Amber's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry you were ambushed. Like, you didn't have to meet them. I'm so sorry. And Andrew's like, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. The dynamic between them is just unbelievable. I don't know how to describe, but when I watch, I find it uh, unnatural, unbelievable. I will say Matt and Amber as the horrific as Matt is and how bad they are together 
there was something very natural about their dynamic. Maybe it's just because I've been watching them for so long. You know, we've been watching Matt and Amber since OG came back. Essentially, I think he popped up in like the third or fourth episode of OG. That I'm just used to them. And it's jarring to see Andrew with no break in between her and Matt. I think that's probably it. I mean, we got, what, one episode where Matt was, like, actually gone and then Andrew comes in the next episode? So I think I'm just like, whoa, who, whoa, this is so weird. I don't know, I don't know who this is. Um, I, I don't know. Andrew's just weird. I get weird vibes from him and I don't like watching Andrew and Matt together. I don't. I really wish we had just been able to see a season of Amber being single but that's not the reality of Amber's life. I want Amber to be single and to work on herself and to get into DBT therapy and to figure out what's going on with her mental health issues and to get into some sort of volunteer work so she's busy every day and has to get up and get out of bed, which is extremely hypocritical of me to say because today's Saturday and I slept in until one o'clock this afternoon. I'm a real Amber, if I can confess anything. I love to be in my bed. We don't even have a TV in our living room because both my roommate and I watch TV from our beds. <laughs> I, If I'm at home, I'm in my bed. I'm constantly in my bed. I love being in my bed. I can go days without leaving my bed. It's real sick. I'm a real Amber. But the reality is, is that I don't have kids. And I also have a full-time job that I go to Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 or whatever hours I work. So I can't be in my bed 24-7 like Amber can be. I just love bed. I love it. I love being in here. <laughs> I'm currently laying in my bed. I'm not even sitting up. My legs are fully outstretched. <laughs> I'm like in full bed position right now. I should probably be in my living room sitting at a desk. But, you know, this is my reality, guys. But Amber needs to be doing something that gets her out of bed a couple days a week for a few hours and I'm not sure Andrew does that I just really wish we could see a season of that but you know that's just not who Amber is Amber is very mentally ill and doesn't take care of it and I have these huge expectations for Amber and I don't honestly it's probably not fair of me it's just probably not fair of me so after they go to meet up oh well first Christine and Gary like have a little debriefing about it they had a good first impression and Leah said to Christina like who is that and Christina told her it's mommy's friend and Leah was like no bitch like who is that because Leah's not stupid Leah's old enough to understand and that Amber doesn't have friends <laughs> I'm sure she realizes that Amber doesn't have friends so we see Amber and Andrew go to dinner and they take shots of tequila okay um Remember when Amber was a drug addict? <laughs> like, what are we doing here, MTV? On what planet is this a good idea? Remember how Amber calls herself sober? I guess at least Andrew isn't pretending to be a sober alcoholic or a sober drug addict like Matt was. But watching her take a tequila shot was actually upsetting to me. We've been watching Amber drink. I understand Amber drinks. It's not... I can't be, like, that upset about that. But... I just... I don't... 
it's one thing to watch her drink like a mimosa like she was drinking when they were getting ready and then to watch her take shots of tequila and for Andrew to suggest that they take shots of tequila just makes me nervous. Amber also gives this weird speech about how she never wanted kids but then she had boo-boo and boo-boo was perfect and so she's like happy with one kid which MTV obviously included in there because she's pregnant now and that was it for this week of Amber. Like I said, not much happened, but I do hate Andrew. So now I'm going to take a five-second break before I go on to my next girl. Let's talk Macy. So, and when I say Macy, as you guys know, I obviously mean Mackenzie. I thought Mackenzie actually had a fine episode this week. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I think she came across fine. Uh, I, it's funny because I saw a lot of posts on Reddit and Facebook that were like, Mackenzie's awful. She was so bad this week. But then I watched and I didn't think it was a big deal the way that she was acting. Ryan, on the other hand, was high as fuck. You guys noticed that, right? Like how fucking high Ryan was this entire episode. I was absolutely shocked. But let's start... Let's start in chronological order. So apparently Taylor and Macy's clothing line is doing extremely well. Um, Shout out to Billy Roberts, who has a TTM shirt, and he loves it. (laughs) I have no TTM shirts. If someone wants to send me a Things That Matter shirt, feel free. Hit me up on Facebook. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't really want one. Apparently it's hard juggling the work and the kids at home, which... I can understand and respect they have two little kids plus Bentley and working from home can be really hard. There's no separation. Taylor gets like a work phone call and has to take it outside because the kids are just screaming. And when he comes back in, he's like, I, we need an office. This is too much. And he wants to separate workspace from home space, which personally I think is a very good idea. I thought they had an office, though. Do you guys remember last season they were working in an office that I thought was above their garage? Like, it looked like they had, like, an above garage little office space. Didn't it? I'll have to... Not, I was just about to say I'll have to go find that episode, but I'm... That was a lie. I'll never do that. I will never go back and figure out on what episode... <laughs> We saw Taylor's above garage office. I mean, they had, oh my God, Radar Online posted the funniest clickbait article this week that was like, inside inside Macy's mansion. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? How is that a mansion? (laughs) It made me laugh so, like, that's not what a mansion looks like. Like, Not to be rude, her house is really nice. I actually really like Macy's house. I think it has a nice layout. But that's not a mansion. She lives in like a four-bedroom house. It's perfectly nice and fine. That's not what a mansion is, Radar. Okay, so we see Mackenzie and Ryan, and Mackenzie's driving. Ryan's in the passenger seat looking and sounding high as fuck. And did you notice neither of them are wearing seatbelts? So in that little Mustang, it's so dangerous. I really wish I would wear seatbelts. I really, really wish I would wear seatbelts. Ryan is backseat driving and telling Max she has to slow down. He's like, these roads are curvy. And she's like, I grew up here. I know how to drive these roads. And Ryan's like, you're making me car sick. 
and they're fighting. Um, Ryan is just an asshole. And I think Mackenzie is, like, for the first time really starting to realize this. Mackenzie seems stressed the fuck out in a way that we have not seen her before. I don't feel bad for her. Feeling bad would be an overstatement of my personal feelings on Mackenzie Edwards and her life and situation. But I do emphasize that I think she is just overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed by it. Mackenzie goes to meet her friend and her friend is basically like, so how are you doing? And Mackenzie is basically like, not well. (laughs) She said Ryan is super short-tempered and that her expectations of what she thought this would be, I'm assuming she means marriage and life in general, are just not happening. She seems fucking defeated. Really, she, if Mac had any goddamn sense to her, she would go and get this damn marriage annulled. And they just wouldn't, would never talk about it again. (laughs) And she could just float off into the distance and this would all be a bad memory for her. She says, when Ryan was in rehab, it was easy because I knew he couldn't get anything and I knew he was safe. And then we came home and life punched us in the face. And it's like, well, yeah, Mackenzie. That's what happens. That's the reality. Uh, Her friend asks if it's scary that his drug of choice is so lethal. And she kind of takes a long pause. And I think she was really trying to decide. Well, first of all, we don't know if she took a long pause because of editing. But I think she was trying to decide exactly what she wanted to say. Because she knows her words are going to be picked apart. And she said, it's terrifying, but, like, does this weird little nervous laugh at the end? I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. (laughs) It's so hard for me to get a read on Mackenzie. So Taylor and Macy go to look for an office space, and Macy gets a notification on her phone. She's like, something bad happened. We have a huge problem. We have a big problem. And it's a tweet from someone because they had posted a shirt that said property of Los Angeles and it spelled it wrong. (laughs) Which to me was so funny. Uh, And Taylor was like, okay, well, it's a learning experience. We'll just have to make sure we check the spelling from now on. And I'm like, oh, was that not part of your checklist beforehand? How can checking spelling not be part of your checklist? Oh, Macy seems stressed. She's like, we have to work. We have to make up for this. We have to make this right. And it's like, just pull the shirt. It, is it that big of a deal? Cancel the orders, pull the short shirt, or get them remade. I, I don't know. It seemed like an overreaction, in my opinion. They go and look at like a suite in an office, and the office has beer and coffee on tap, a great rooftop view, and it's a little, like just a little office. It was fine. And Macy's, like, fine with it, with them getting the office. But she's like, but you need to be serious with the budget. You have to bring your lunch. You can't eat lunch every day. And Taylor's like, so are we going to split rent on this? And she's like, hell no. So I wonder how, I thought Macy was, like, really involved in this business, in quotation marks, that they do. They made it seem like she, last season, they made it seem like, She was the one essentially running the t-shirt business and doing a lot of the work for it, but she doesn't seem to want to be involved in the office space. I don't know. Wouldn't you think Macy would be using the office as well? On one hand, I say they should let us see the office 
excuse me, not the office, the business space more and like what they do and how it runs and Macy's involvement and Taylor's involvement. But on the other hand, I don't want to see that at all. And I'm sure it's extremely boring and I shouldn't even be putting that out in the universe just in case they try and give us an episode like that. Because I don't want an episode like that. So we see Mackenzie and Ryan go to lunch and he is so incredibly high. I, (laughs) I could not believe how fucking high he was. He was, uh, I can't believe he didn't nod out at that table. I really thought he would have nodded out at that table. He was so fucking high. He was so high. Oh boy, was he so high. (laughs) I was concerned. He lets us know that he's thrilled his wedding rings fit again because they had stopped fitting when he was using because his fingers got so swollen. And he's like, I just can't believe I let myself go like that. And tells Mackenzie he's so glad he listened to her and that he decided to get help. And I've noticed that Ryan only seems nice to Mackenzie when he's high. (laughs) Because he was being super nice this lunch. At this lunch, like if if he was not visibly slurring, visibly slurring his words, it wouldn't be visibly. It'd be audibly slurring his words, visibly, like, looking like he was about to nod out. I would be like, wow, Ryan's being really nice to Mackenzie. He says he can't believe that he basically let himself get into such a bad space. It bothers him that he put such a burden on, he, well, he says, it bothers me I put a burden on you and my parents and Bentley and Macy, you've been so understanding. And Mackenzie looks like she wants to kill Ryan. And now, personally, I don't think she wants to kill him because of what she, that he was upset that he put a burden on Macy. I think she wants to kill him because he came to this lunch so fucked up, even though he knew the cameras would be there. She has to know now. I do believe that May- Mackenzie didn't understand, like, the full scope of what was going on before he went to rehab. I, I truly believe that. She... She didn't know. She was young and dumb and naive. But now I think she knows, especially if it had been like a couple months. I don't really understand where we are in the timeline because Bentley started school again, right? So I'm guessing it's probably like August. He left rehab around June. And I would bet there was like a month that he wasn't doing dope. So she realized like how he acted when he was not on it. And I find it very, very hard to believe that she does not know he's high in this scene. And you can see it on her fucking face. She is angry. I can imagine she's so embarrassed. She can't believe that he showed up to work. Like, to work. Well, yeah, to work. (laughs) That he showed up to work. I mean, that is their job. And he basically is like, Mac, is there anything I can do to help you through this? (laughs) Which is like, (laughs) once again... Would be sweet if he wasn't high as fuck. And Mackenzie is just like, no, there's nothing. And that's how I know that she knows. Because I feel like old Mackenzie or a Mackenzie in two episodes ago would be like beaming at this and so happy that on camera Ryan is acknowledging all the things that she's done for him. I think Mackenzie is a big issue with the lack of acknowledgement and what she sees as respect coming from Ryan, his family, Macy, and the audience. I think she wants a fucking parade that she got her husband into rehab. I think she thinks she is like 
the saving grace of Ryan's life, and she cannot understand why everyone else does not see that. So it's shocking to me that there's a scene where Ryan is saying, like, what can I do for you? And she is totally shut down. And that's because she knows he's high. Because if she he wasn't high, I feel like she would have... This would be a situation where she's saying, you know what? I just need you to be present. I need you to keep doing what you're doing. I'm so proud of you. We've made so many changes. Yes, you're short-tempered, but, like, I understand you're just adjusting. It's like somebody hit Mackenzie in the face with a bat. She is so done. She's just so done in this scene. And I can't believe that they're still married. Watching that scene, it's incredible to me that they're still married. Max says that she feels like she's lost a part of herself. Which I can understand. And I know I said at the beginning of this segment that this was a good episode for Mackenzie. And now I've just sat here and like bashed her for 15 minutes. I do understand that. But I I do think it wasn't a bad episode for her. Just because she like wasn't losing her shit. She wasn't talking shit on Macy. She was being normal-ish. I just can't. I can't believe how high Ryan was. And in the MTV description for this episode, because my DVR fucked up again, and I had to watch this episode on MTV.com, which I hate doing because it's an awful website, they said, Ryan's still clean. And I'm like, on what planet is Ryan clean in this episode? I feel like even a blind person could have seen him nodding out. It was, it was really intense. And Mackenzie needs to wise up and get out of there. You know, she has a young son. She has a very young son she needs to be protecting. It's just the facts. Wow, I just looked at my phone and the Hawaii missile thing just happened and I got about 30 minutes off track with recording this. I hope if I have any featherheads in Hawaii, you guys are okay mentally. That's scary as fuck. I don't know what the fuck I would do. Let's just say I would not be well for a a post-apocalyptic world. Anyways... Let's go to the more most boring people alive, Kate and Tyler. <laughs> I mean, do they do anything on this fucking show? Why are we watching Kate and Tyler? I hate them so much. They are so boring. I love seeing the spike in my yells into the microphones when I'm recording this. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening on headphones. So, Kate went to L.A. for the VMAs, and Tyler didn't go, which I found weird. And then Tyler and Kim go to dinner, and Kim says, well, you don't like to go to those things, which, question mark, question mark, question mark. On what planet does Tyler not like the fame and the attention that he would get on a VMA red carpet? I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So they talk about the Carly visit, and... Kim asked if like Nova liked Carly and he was like yeah I mean they played together but I think Tyler understands that Nova's too little to even get what's going on he said he had a really nice time he played with Carly it's like nice to see her and then they talk about Butch who apparently is doing the new fence on their house on Caitlin and Tyler's new house and Kim's like I'm pretty sure he's up to no good and Tyler's like oh I know he's up to no good he told me he's using And I have a question. Is Kim married? I didn't think she was, but she wears a wedding ring. We've never seen Kim's husband in any way, shape, or form, have we? Huh. Interesting. And Tyler is just, like, fed up with Butch. You know, he... 
Kim and Tyler kind of talk about it's interesting because Tyler has taken over Kim's role in being the person who like stresses about Butch's addiction and tries to get him help and wants to take care of him because Kim now that her kids are grown doesn't have to do that and has tapped out of it and Tyler wants his dad to be healthy and better so he has to do it it's pretty sad you know I feel for Tyler I don't think Tyler has any Tyler's words and actions are kind of contradictory to each other I think Tyler truly does not want to be responsible for taking care of Butch. I really I really do think that. But the reality is, is I don't think he knows how to not take care of Butch. I don't think he knows how to get out of this codependent relationship. He wants to get Butch help. Great, brilliant, wonderful. But at the same time, he knows Butch is getting high and he's letting him put the new fence on in his house. Why is he doing that? If Butch is getting high... You should not be giving him work. Isn't he worried that Butch is going to break into the house and seal the copper piping? Like, isn't... I I don't know. I don't really get Tyler and Caitlin in their dynamic with Butch. I mean, I think Butch smokes crack. I mean, he talks about doing cocaine, and I was under the impression, like, he smokes crack. Like, he's a crack addict. And it seems crazy to me that they just allow Butch to be around them. And they allow Butch to be around Nova. Um, Is Butch around Nova when he's smoking crack? Or even doing coke? Or drinking? Or doing whatever he does? I don't know. It, It seems troubling to me. Butch was at that fucking reunion they did in the fake... The fake New Year's thing. Like, why is he so allowed allowed to be doing this stuff i feel like if i was in tyler's position i would be like hey i'll pay for you to go to rehab but i wouldn't be paying him to do work around my house it just doesn't i don't get it none of it tracks i feel like tyler really needs therapy to deal with his dad and to learn boundaries and could really use some adult child of alcoholic classes i think he is very confused and also I can't imagine how weird it is, the dynamics between the two of them. Because I don't think Butch ever had, like, a real parental role in Tyler's life. I think Kim was always a single mom. Butch was in and out of prison. They said, like, since Butch was 30, he's never been off parole or probation. He's always been on some sort of papers, as you would call it. Like, he's always been on paper since he was 30, which I would imagine is Tyler's almost his whole life if not his whole life, depending on how old Butch is now. And I really think that Tyler and Butch have this weird dynamic going on, and they've talked about it, how Tyler is basically Butch's dad, and he pays for everything, and he takes care of Butch, and I don't think that's healthy, because what is Tyler getting out of it? You know, like, obviously your actions shouldn't be, like, what am I getting out of this? But at the same time, like, what is Tyler getting out of it? Why is he putting himself through this emotional turmoil to deal with Butch? And, you know, he says, like, well, I'm not trying to control it and I've detached from it. But he hasn't. If he's truly detached from it and he's truly not trying to control it, he wouldn't be letting Butch come around at all. I don't know. We get the scene of Butch and Tyler, or Butch and Butch, Tyler and Caitlin trying to get a hold of Butch. And Tyler calls him, then Caitlin calls him, then Tyler calls him, then Caitlin calls him. And they don't know where he is. He's supposed to be at the house working. And the fucking 
producer's like, oh, well, where do your instincts go when he doesn't answer the phone? And obviously they're trying to get Tyler to say, like, oh, well, I assume he's out getting high. But Tyler's like, well, I think he's working and just not answering the phone. <laughs> Which to me is like, what? Like, And apparently that's where he was. They drove over to the new house and that's where he was. We see Tyler and Butch have a conversation. And Tyler is like, okay, so how long do you think this job is going to take you? Butch tells him if he's doing it himself, it'll take about a week. And Tyler says, okay, well, how about after a week, like, you go to treatment? And Butch is like, yeah, I would I would really like that. I would say Butch is being surprisingly mild-mannered this season if he's using. Because in the past, you know, when Tyler was younger, he was such a fucking asshole. He was such an asshole. He has multiple domestic violence arrests. He would scream, he would yell, he would beat up April, but he's very calm this season. He doesn't seem like old Butch smoking crack, so who knows what's going on with him exactly. Maybe he's just, and I'm doing just, like, in air quotes, just drinking and, like, snorting coke and not actually smoking crack. Who knows, though? Tyler has apparently looked at a couple places, and he wants him to go to long-term treatment, which Butch agrees with, and Butch says he has more time than money. And I wasn't sure if he meant, like, you're going to have to pay for me to go to treatment. I'm assuming that's what's happening. But can Caitlin and Tyler afford that? Like, if Butch doesn't have health insurance, going to long-term treatment, like, that's expensive. I mean, I don't, I think they have money, but do they have, like, 30 k to send Butch to treatment? I don't know. Is MTV going to pay for this? They would probably pay for it, right? Don't you think? I think they would. I mean, if they... Let, if Butch talks about it on TV, I'm sure MTV would pay for it. And Tyler thinks that Butch is afraid of his own freedom, which Butch doesn't, like, totally agree with, but he also doesn't disagree with. And that's literally all that happened with Caitlin and Tyler this week. Hey, guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.